The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Wolf and Bull Podcast. I am your host, The Wolf. And across from me, I have my lovely co-host, who is not a bull today. Uh, the not bull today. is on hiatus, but I have Beowulf, my lovely co-host. Uh, she is across from me. Uh, beautiful, beautiful sound of music. It's so great. It's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, it's just the most... Like I feel it in my... I feel it in my bones. Same. It's wonderful. I do. I, it, it reminds me of... Reminds me the of home. Yeah. Reminds me of home. Well, the motherland's Russia. So did well, no. Yeah. So uh, and then finally uh, again across from me, across from Beowulf, across from the grouping of us here is our friendly neighborhood sloth. Hello. Back again. That sloth noise is something else. Um, I can actually hear it this time. Custom made. Yes. Custom I would made. like to tell you that I think you said the wolf is on hiatus. The bull is on hiatus. Well, I'm, I'm on hiatus too. We're both okay. on hiatus. When so he's on hiatus, I'm on hiatus. It's Halloween. Yeah. Of course. I'm always okay. on hiatus. Yeah. So you're, you're dressing up werewolf. as the bull no, for I'm Halloween. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so definitely, definitely an interesting start to the episode per usual. Uh, just before we jump into everything, just a quick reminder for our listeners and our viewers. If you like what you hear, consider us, consider give consider us, consider us, consider us, period. Uh, yeah, yes. consider us, uh, consider giving us a follow on any major listening platform and a five star review that would be greatly appreciated. Also on Instagram, you can find all of our latest content. And then ideally, if you're watching on YouTube, because I know that you are, <laughs> Uh, breaking the fourth wall there a little bit. A subscription <laughs> would be greatly appreciated. We have episodes with Wolf and Bull every Friday, and audio episodes come out on all the major listening platforms every Thursday. So, yeah. You can yes. you can hear, yeah. you can listen, you, you can, can watch. watch. All at the same time. Technology. Yes. It's a wonder. How's everybody doing? Oh, I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. Yeah. Actually, I'm not going to say the brand, but I'm trying a new energy drink right now i'm not typically one to try new things when it comes to drinks and gas stations oh my goodness i need to sneeze Uh oh <laughs> don't sneeze in the mic look up and sneeze and then fall back on your face Uh oh well uh, as we move along yes i'm not usually one usually when you go to like a gas station there's like three things i'd get like you know, that's my snack, that's my drink, and that's my water. Well, this is a new one brought by the sloth today, and yes. I am still on the fence whether I like it or not. So that is the latest. Mm. But yeah, other than that, I'm good. Decorated for Halloween. We did. Which was exciting. Yeah, it was a good time. Trying to, you know, entice trick-or-treaters to patronize us because we have way too much candy. <laughs> that, I, to entice trick-or-treaters. To so trying to patronize our homes. Well, we have too much candy in this house, and if they don't take it, 
when and they come trick-or-treating, I'm going to eat all of it. Oh, no. We'll have candy for us no. as adults. But here's Sorry. the problem. I see that bowl of candy. We have so many bags. We don't. And we don't usually have... We've never really had trick-or-treaters, ever. In all the previous places we've lived, we haven't really had any. So. Well, I wouldn't want to have them either if the descriptive language that I use is entice... <laughs> Little kids. Chid- children. Children. I just want to get rid of this candy, guys. Yeah. Because I'm going to eat it if I don't. Okay, well, we're going to stop that narrative. It's very fascinating. Uh, and and the sloth, What? The, how is the sloth doing? Uh, The sloth is okay. The mm. sloth is currently dealing with allergies. Mm. Um, Lord, you had some spelling issues earlier this week. Uh, yes. thought it would be kind of fun to talk about that. Okay, so I am not a great speller. Okay. But I have trouble spelling exercise. Oh, okay. Um, I've always thought there was a couple S's in it. That's fair. I guess there isn't. No. So X or size. Wow, so that was, uh, <laughs> that's okay. Well, Very Halloween appropriate. Sometimes it's hard to spell. That's all right. Yeah. I, everyone so. struggles with their own things. Um, well, that's great. How what are a, you doing? I'm doing okay. I want Halloween to be done because I am tired. You, you're a Christmas tired. guy, aren't you? Oh, I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm a Halloween person, but I'm, I'm just tired because I'm 30 and it's, I'm too old. I'm too old to dress up. You're I look, never you're too old. So old. No, wrong. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a mm-hmm. threshold. There's a threshold where it starts to be a little eyebrow raising. No. If you dress up, yes. If you dress up past a certain age, if you don't have kids. Okay. I disagree. If you don't have kids. Yes. So you're the proponent. You are, you are someone who believes that two grown adults can go to Disneyland for the day without no, children. No, I'm not saying that. I'm same saying thing. going to what? Halloween parties. That sounds great. Same thing. What, same are you, thing. what are you just saying? We've been to Disneyland Chill- alone without children. It, it, not at the age we're currently. So we Not that much younger. It was younger. My mm. my thing, once you hit 30, once you hit the three zero, the big three zero. What about the Halloween such- parties? Well, you're the older people. I think that sounds great. It's still weird. I think Why? it's fun. Yeah, it's weird. Oh boy. There's a slight weirdness there. There's some okay. judginess uh, going I know. on. Yeah, I, yeah, can that's, feel it. That's, I can feel the judgment. Yeah. Boo. It's, it's, all, it's all judgy until I'm like, hey, hey, babe, you want to go to Disneyland? Disneyland? And you know why I say yes? Because you love Happy her. life equates to a happy wife. That's right. why. It's the other way Has around. nothing. Same difference. Has yeah. no, My life is my wife. Has nothing at all to do with me liking Disneyland. As we know, and as the audience knows, if you listen to other episodes, which I do not. So, um, <laughs> breaks but, my heart. Well, boo-hoo. Well, um, I'll go with you. And, well, the, you. the Uyghur genocide breaks my heart, too. Uh, in part one of this two-part series of Brothers Grimm and Weird Fairy Tales, we discussed Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, uh, Snow White, and the ridiculously strange um, borderline infuriating Pinocchio. Uh, I would recommend (laughs) listening to that episode prior to this one so you can understand where we're coming from. Uh, There's a little bit of a narrative here and you'll probably see so hear so see so uh, figure it out in a second. So yeah, but uh, anything else to add before I jump into the monologue of this very strange fever dreamish intro per every episode. Let let me tell you, I know literally nothing about any of these stories we're going to talk about today, so I am quite intrigued. Oh, you better well, great. be. Good. I know the Disney versions. Yeah, That's well, it. well, not the Disney this is normally this is in the spirit of spooky time. Um, I didn't dress up in this episode. Clearly, this is clearly none of us did. I'm dressed up as a coffee barista. Uh, so this is this is what my outfit is. I didn't know is. we were supposed to dress up. We weren't supposed to dress up. I just didn't. Well, want I would have. 
if I had known well, that I was allowed to. Should woulda coulda. I would have um, worn my corn costume. That's true. She does have a giant corn in the car. We could costume. stop this right now. You could drive back yes. 30 minutes and then come back an hour from now. We could start over. Yes, please. All right. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, so this is in spirit of spooky time. Uh, there's an interesting twist in all this. I think these are wonderful stories, but they're also really messed up stories. So let's jump right in Yay! to the monologue. In my previous monologue, I mentioned that the world is a hauntingly magical place, and that remains true. With Halloween season upon us, the festivities of spookiness, or evil, depending on your prescribed worldview, are unveiling themselves in rapid fashion with enjoyment and fear permeating throughout every neighborhood and city. See, Halloween, whether you think it's evil or not, operates on the same identity at its core as other holidays operate on. Stories. Without a well-fleshed-out origin or story, the holiday has no perceived cultural value. Going to turn that down just a bit. You can see that with all the pointless holidays, like Have a Bad Day Day, uh, which occurs on November 19th, by the way, for some unexplainable reason. That's an actual holiday. Was unbeknownst to me till yesterday. <laughs> Same thing with Back to the Future Day. Uh, didn't know until literally the night before. So it's not really a holiday in my mind. We did celebrate it. Kind of. Uh, holidays, whether we like them or not, are representations of the larger obsession that society has at its very core, our obsession with stories. Whether true or completely fabricated, stories can have a huge impact on a myriad of facets within society, ranging from personal identities to religious ideologies and everything in between. The power that a story holds on our mind is, in many ways, fascinating and terrifying. In the last episode, we discussed a handful of disturbing fairy tales by the Brothers Grimm, and we laid out a detailed understanding of where these stories originated from and what they were about. I apologize for Pinocchio. That was a terrible decision. Yes. But in part two, we'll discuss a few more fairy tales and the impact that we think they have on society. Pinocchio was... Terrible. Very, very That was bad. a disturbing one. But it I'm... wasn't even disturbing. It was just weird. Like a freaking It did LSD feel like a trip. A, yeah, like a fever dream. Very, yeah. very Lewis Carroll. Very weird. Uh, Alice in Wonderland through yeah, the class. Yeah, I know. I know what you're going through. I was going to think like Edward's sister. Did you hands. know that Lewis Carroll was the suspect in the. Suspect? Ripper. Jack yeah. the Ripper. Yeah. yeah. Really? Uh huh. That's the person that made Alice in Wonderland? Well, it, it's not confirmed or anything, but yeah. Suspect. Well, he also made a lot of young female bodies dis, disappear. Dis, dis, Go down the rabbit hole. They went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, of death. Mm, yes. Yeah. Eat this. Yeah. Drink this. Stop this. Yeah. Mm. I still, I don't remember Alice in Wonderland pretty much at all. It, it nothing sticks with me. Well, there's movie. a Cheshire Disney Cat. version and then there's Lewis Carroll's version. Yeah. Through the Looking Glass is the actual name, correct? Yeah. Pretty sure that was the second one, wasn't it? Well, that's the name of like the original. You sure? I thought yeah. there was two. I thought Alice in Wonderland was one and then Through the Looking Glass is the second. Yeah, it's the, Ooh, second. the second book. Yeah, the second book. Don't quote yeah. me on that. I'm not I'm quite sure. Well, but pretty sure. Either it's the actual name or the second. Pretty sure it's the second book. Well, yeah. ah, we'll find out later. Well, um, so yeah, this episode we're going to talk a little bit more about fairy tales. I know that it's not necessarily Halloween-esque, like everyone else is talking about murders and Jeffrey Dahmer and all these people. And I'm, I'm just tired like, of hearing about I, Jeffrey freaking Dahmer. We don't go with the crowd, okay? Yeah, we are we are uh, we are contrarian here. We make our own trail. We like Lewis and Clark. And yes, Sacagawea. we are hmm. them. 
that we makes this confusing. Them. Who's Sacagawea? Am I Sacagawea? Gawea? Yeah, that's how you say it. Gawea. Oh. Yeah. We'll be doing I, I an episode on her I think we would be canceled soon. if one of us picked who she was. What? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, maybe we're progressive if we do that. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, so yeah. So I think the first uh, people, people stories that we should talk about uh, is the little, little Mermaid. Okay. I only know one tidbit. Don't about say this. it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to jump ahead. But this, I, I, I do know one sliver of this story from something. I don't remember. But I was like, they did that. That's the actual story. I'm sure we'll get to that part. That's, the That's really, really story. insightful. That was really good. You're that was welcome. great. I liked that. You're welcome. So I was originally going to find a knockoff version of the Little Mermaid Under the Sea song. Uh, but I figured... The seaweed is always greener. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so I figured we'll just read it as a poem. Uh, it's only the first stanza and then the, the chorus. I'm going to imagine you... As Sebastian the Crab. I can do his voice, but I'm not going to because mm. I just feel like it, the, at that time it was insensitive and today it's even more y- insensitive. You don't need to put on a Jamaican accent. I but don't. Um, so, uh, as I said, the seaweed is always greener. In somebody else's wake, you dream about going up there. But that is a big mistake. Just look at the world around you. Right here, on the ocean floor. Such wonderful things surround you. What more is you looking for? Under the sea, under the sea. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. (laughs) Under, take it from me. Up on the shore, they work all day. Out in the sun, they slave away. While we devotin, Full time to floating. Under the sea. Under the sea. Under the sea. Uh, the first part of that is a little scary when you read it like that with that music. That was the intent. Because mm. this is quite a depressing story. Now, there are a myriad of retellings. There is a whole train of history on this, and we'll cover some of this. But this particular story is written by, or was written by, Danish author Hans Christian Andersen. Is he related to the Hans and Frozen? Let's be careful. Um, probably. Yes. Hans, um, no. Yeah, uh, so it was published in 1837. The Little Mermaid follows a journey, much like everyone who's ever watched a Disney movie. It follows the journey of a young mermaid who is willing to give up her life in sea as a mermaid to gain a human soul. I was unaware of the fact that she had to gain a human soul because Disney conveniently left that very, very distressing thought and out important. of their initial story. A soul. A soul. So it's not her voice. No. It's a soul. Well, yes. I mean, it technically looks like a soul when, like, the sea witch is pulling it out, and it looks like her soul. Was yes. that the inspiration for Harry Potter's soul getting sucked out? Oh, like with the wand? Like, no, no, no. The Dementors give the Dementors kiss, and they suck out the soul of the person. That they're um, No, I don't think so. I'm I kidding. Think it it's is. just yeah. a similar sort of... It looks the yeah. same. If you think of it... From the perspective of a Disney cartoon or, where they had her voice coming out. It's very similar to how it looks like when a soul is being sucked out. It also reminds me very much of a Scooby-Doo Spooky Island movie. Okay. Okay. Is that the, the zombie mon- one? 
it's where the monsters suck out the souls and they go into like different people yes. and like they pick them out of the fountain. Oh yeah, yeah, and that it's like, one. Put you know, my, back in my body. Yeah, my yeah. favorite part of that movie, real fast. That's okay. When they're <laughs> when the souls are in like that giant the, the fountain pool. or whatever, and Shaggy's looking for Scoobies or he's looking for his friends and he picks out somebody and he's like, oh my god, thank you so much, you saved me, and he's like, sorry, you're not my friend, and, and he, he puts, puts him, him back, back in the fountain. It's Very hilarious. Nice. Very nice. I love that movie. A plus movie. That mm. is. I think it stands the test of time. I think it does too. Scooby Doo Mystery Island or Spooky Island. Spooky Island. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've seen that movie too much. Oh, I love that I've been that burnt movie. out on it. The one that I liked was the cartoon Zombie Island one, which oh, was actually kind of scary. That's a good movie too. That the one was scary. The cat yeah. people. Yeah. That one was kind of scary. That one was weird. Um, uh, kind of like, now that I think about it, really scary for it a kid's like movie. It like really messed me up. Yeah. It scared me. Y'all are weak. I love Scooby Excuse me. Oh, I thought Scooby Doo was my too. favorite. Yeah. Well, favorite growing up. I used to stay up and watch it on Cartoon Network. Mm, yeah. Loved it. Okay. Yeah. Loved it. Bravo was not my thing. Um, yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, this is a very old pale uh, Hans Christian Andersen. I'm sure many people are familiar with that name. Uh, he's been responsible for other works as well. Uh, now, just for a background for people who don't, for some reason, know what a mermaid is. Uh, it is an aquatic creature with the head and upper body of a female human and the tail of a fish. Uh, the idea may have been influenced by sirens of Greek mythology, which were originally half bird-like, but came to be pictured as half fish-like in the Christian era, which is an interesting, interesting little tidbit, which I think would be an interesting side-adjacent story later on. Mm-hmm. With that being said, uh, there is actually a statue of the Little Mermaid that is in Copenhagen, Denmark, where the story was written and first published. Is the statue Don't like know. the Disney no gorgeous idea. woman? have no idea. I haven't seen it. Oh, I'm just wondering because when you hear like, oh, it's the upper body of a female and then the bottom half of a fish and you've seen again in depictions and fiction, you've seen beautiful mermaids like Ariel in this story. And you've also seen scary ones that have like the like the gills. Yeah. They're scary looking. I'd have to imagine that it's probably the first Yeah, um, because a lot of early indications when it involved at least from my experience this is more anecdotal than anything uh when it involved the female figure from an artful perspective it was always very much that of like they always had long voluminous hair tiggle bitties yeah tiggle bitties have you seen a mermaid wolf in real life yes no are you sure you know who thought that they saw mermaids at one point yes i'm sure Christopher Columbus. Uh, yes, and they had assumed, uh, looking back, historians have assumed that, that was, he actually saw manatees. Which, which is hysterical. Makes oh, this hilarious. way more interesting. Manatees. Um, you know what? I hope everyone that's watching knows what a manatee looks like because they are. If that funny is looking. mistaken as a mermaid, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> when you have the scurvy, yeah. See yeah. some weird things. Let's go suck on an orange and imagine a mermaid. I thought you were going to say something else. Um, <laughs> all right. So while the original story goes something, it's very different in a lot of ways to the Disney-fied version, um, which, by the way, how did they get away with it? question I have, general question. Mm-hmm. How did Disney get away with taking all these stories and profiting off of them without paying somebody else? Did they how just do you buy not the rights know that they paid it? It's a good question. I'm not sure. Maybe they they might know. have paid for some rights, and they, they also it, they might have been out of domain or whatever that's called at that point. Public domain in public domain. Yeah, interesting. Well, uh, so anyway, different. This one is much is slightly different. It's not 
it, extremely, but it is not as uh, bubbly. Uh, so <laughs> the Little Mermaid lives in an underwater kingdom with her widowed father, referred to as the Mer King, her dowager grandmother, and her five older sisters. Mm-hmm. When the little, little Mermaid turns 15, keep that number in mind, uh, she is allowed <laughs> to swim to the surface for the first time to catch a glimpse of the world above. And when the sisters are old enough, each of them visits the upper world one at a time every 365 days. When old enough, her turn arrives and she watches a birthday celebration being hailed on a ship in honor of a handsome prince whom she promptly falls in love with. Because that's how love works. Mm -hmm. Just looking at him. Yeah, exactly. Immediately in love. Yeah, right. Uh, A storm hits. The ship sinks. The Little Mermaid saves the prince. uh, Never mind anyone else who probably perished in that. uh, And delivers him to a shore near a temple. The Little Mermaid waits for the ladies from the temple to arrive and help and unfortunately, the prince never even realized who saved his life. Yeah. They don't say this, but that ship was the Titanic. Yes, exactly. Uh, confusing historical conflictions are. Uh, she becomes sad, and she chooses to ask her grandma if humans can live forever. And her grandma, in the most uh, just homey, real one way, explains that humans have a much shorter life than people who apparently lived to be at least 300 years old. Uh, but she also explains that humans have an eternal soul that lives in heaven, while mermaids turn to sea foam at death and cease to exist. Jesus died for people, but he didn't die for mermaids. Nope. No. No. Sorry, mermaids. Um, the little mermaid wants the prince, and she wants an eternal soul. So she visits the sea witch, who I guess apparently is a well-known figure here in this universe, okay. uh, who lives in a dangerous part of the ocean. The sea wish gives, which gives her a potion, which gives her legs and the most enchanting voice in the entire world. Gives her the voice. Gives her legs and gives her the voice. Apparently she had the voice of Shakira, who is in jail. No, no she's not in jail, but she, she's in trouble. She could yeah. be in jail, maybe. So she know. didn't have the voice to begin no, with. No, not at all. So this was a gift from the sea witch. Uh, so she was huh. just your average girl next door under the water? So, no special well, voice? She's Kanye West, under the sea. So the goes Little Mermaid was, goes, had fish sticks? Yeah, goes to Kim, the sea witch. Sea witch grants him the greatest voice and likes. Okay, so Why I'm imagining... Kanye and Kim? South Park. You wouldn't know. You're too young. Um, but yeah, so uh, fish sticks. Sticks, not dicks. <laughs> Yeah. So, so okay, so yeah. we've got the mermaid wants is in, in love with this guy. She saw yes. at a birthday party on a the boat. Prince, the prince. The prince. She drops him off at a temple. He on the beach. On the beach. So this, this sounds very Disney. So that's the same thing that happens. But uh she's not singing to him because that's what no. Eric Prince Eric remembers in Disney. You know. This isn't even Eric. And it's not even Ursula mm. or Ariel. No. This is just a little mermaid, the yes. sea witch and the prince. Yeah. Good recap. Good. Okay, so yeah. we're on the same page. We're on the same page. All uh, right, and she wants the, so, the same a notes. soul, so she doesn't turn into sea foam. Per the same notes we're looking at, yeah, we're on yes. the same page, literally on the same page. Just summarizing. Um, on so, the exact same page. Uh, so she gets this potion from this sea witch. We'll call, call her the sea bitch going forward. Uh, and the bitch warns that once she consumes the potion, she can never return to sea, and that uh, if she fails, well, it'll feel like as if she's being pierced by a sword at first, and uh, but after that, she'll have legs and be able to dance like no one else. 
Like she'll be able to dance. She'll be like, the dancing queen. Exactly. Young she'll, and sweet. She'll be like a fifteen. Exactly. Yikes. Like Jay Sean. <laughs> um, but she'll constantly feel though as if she's walking on sharp knives. She'll also only be able to get a soul if she wins the love of the prince and marries him. For then, part of his soul will flow into hers. They didn't sign a prenup. No. So sharp knives on the feet. Are you just going to recap every sentence that he says? Yes. It's <laughs> my job. That's your job. Okay. Officially. And to get his soul to... So, a la... So, we got married. Right. I married you. My soul, because you're a mermaid, flowed into your soul because you married me. I had no soul before we Because there's no prenup for souls. Exactly. Got it. Um, now, if he marries someone else, at dawn, the following day the little mermaid, will die of a broken heart and dissolve into sea foam upon the wave. So she's going to dissolve into sea foam anyway. She has a day. A day. To marry. Yes. You can't make a wedding in a day. Uh, yes, you can. Listen, Fiona did it with Lord Farquaad. That's true. There's a lot of expats that do it all the time. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so she ends up being, uh, what? A, I guess she's around the age of 15 and never explicitly says... It just it, 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 I, it implies that she was old enough to go up to the sea, but it doesn't really. So she's like kind of in a in young the Disney age. movie. She's, she's supposed to be sixteen. Yeah, they didn't still change creepy, that. Uh, still creepy. So she drinks yeah. the potion as a sixteen or fifteen year old would do. She passes out from the pain and then arrives on the beach naked at fifteen or sixteen. And the prince finds her and is mesmerized by her beauty, ugh, uh, despite being a mute. So apparently, that's a downside in this universe. But I thought he, I, I thought the witch subtle gave her joke a voice. there. No one picked up on the witch gave her a voice. Yeah, though. but she's mute at this point because she just turned into just 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 it, she can sing, but she can't talk. Okay, okay. so um, he saw her. Never mind. Butt ass I'm naked. Yep. Knocking. Knocking. Prepubescent. Yep. Ew. That's it. Uh, okay. He also likes to see her dance, apparently, uh, which she does While for him. She's naked? Maybe. Uh, uh, even though it feels excruciating for her to do so. Prince so Eric's a freak. His name's not Prince Eric. Oh, it's just prince the prince. Is a yeah, freak. be careful there. Um, so, long story short, I don't know how much time has occurred. I would assume it's been less than 24 hours. I would guess. Maybe not. Um, she becomes his favorite companion. <laughs> but unfortunately is ultimately friend zoned by him uh, and he doesn't fall with, in love with her at all. His parents encourage him to marry a princess from the neighboring kin kingdom, but homie's a real G and is only after true love, which he believes he'll find with the young woman from the temple who he believed rescued him. Turns out princess from the neighboring kingdom. Surprise, surprise was the woman from the temple and the prince declares his love for her and the wedding is announced at once. It's what happens when you're a prince. When you're one of the specials, mm -hmm. you can have a wedding immediately. Right. Okay. So the prince celebrates the marriage aboard his wedding ship because those existed. And the little mermaid's heart breaks. She worries about the death that awaits her at dawn. But at dawn, her sisters rise out of the water and bring her a dagger that the sea bitch given that, had given them in exchange for their long and beautiful hair. So all of her sisters are now bald or, <laughs> and or short-headed. Oh boy! Yeah, wow, they sacrificed their hair. Yeah, so brave. so if the little and she poses this question or this mission to the Little Mermaid quest, uh, quest. Yeah, uh, if the Little Mermaid kills the prince, letting his blood drip on her feet, then she'll become a mermaid once more. Her suffering will end, and she'll live out her life in the ocean with her fam. Hashtag real one. The Little Mermaid chickens out because she, of course, would. She's a fifteen or sixteen year old, and she can't kill the homie and his hoe. 
and throws herself off the ship into the water just as dawn breaks. Her body dissolves into foam, but instead of ceasing to exist, she feels the warm sun and discovers that she has turned into a luminous and ethereal earthbound spirit, a daughter of the air. As the Little Mermaid ascends into the atmosphere, she is greeted by other daughters, uh, fossil fuels, carbon, monoxide, um, and they tell her that she has become like them because she strove with all of her heart to obtain an immortal soul. Because of her selflessness, she is given the chance to earn her own soul by doing good deeds for mankind for 300 years and will one day rise up into heaven. And that is the very strange story from Hans Christian Andersen called The Little Mermaid. So Eric and Ariel don't get married? No. In the original story. Disney took liberties. I've been deceived. Of course they did. Check out the original cover art of Little Mermaid and tell me which liberties they took. There's a phallic object. Weenie. On the front of Big the VHS cover oh, for The Little Mermaid. Yes. Confirmed. Because they it's not on the new ones. They've no. removed it. Of course. Revisionist history. <laughs> but regardless, this makes me sad. What a... She earned her soul. Oh, at that point, who cares? Yeah. I she, just she, she got, she's she's sea foam. Yeah. No, she's atmospheric. Okay, uh, she's air. She's a spirit. Air. But then why would she want to earn her own soul? So she go to heaven? Why yeah. doesn't she just stay in the air? Good question. I don't know. That's These are questions I can't I mean, answer. her family's under the water. Her, like, Sisters love of her life human know, is just, married to somebody else. Yeah. I don't like that story. This story. Not a big Hans. Hans. He's dead. What the hell, Hans? He's dead. He's an earthbound spirit. Oh, yeah, boy. he's probably in the air with her. Probably. Maybe he's seafoam. He could be. He <laughs> Maybe could. he traded his soul. Maybe that's the end of this Maybe story. Maybe he's a merman. Hans Christian Andersen is a merman floating above the water. Maybe Confirmed. this is his story. Join me. I'll tell you. Maybe the story. Hans was the prince, or he was the Little Mermaid. Maybe he was the sea witch. Could have been confirmed wow. here yeah. on the Wolf and Bull podcast. Yeah. So, uh, how does this story make you feel? Because I really want to dive into. I want to dive into the important in the impressions that you get and had gotten as young women from the Little Mermaid. Because I, as a young man, watched the Little Mermaid at an age where I was just kind of like, okay, well. Um, I can maybe speak a little more to this because Little Mermaid was in my time. This one over here was not was yet born. The Little Mermaid. You were not yet born when it came out. Does, did it only come out then, or was it out for I'm the just rest of the time? It was. It was like integral to my growing up. Right, The Little Mermaid. I remember when that movie came out. All right. Big okay. deal. Big deal. The second one. There was a third one, too, by the way. These are all Disney movies. I liked the second one. That's the one with and her daughter, right? Are they doing a live action one right now? Yeah. That's got, the... like, everyone up in arms pretending they like it or pretending they hate it. Let's not talk about yeah, that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're going to stay away from that yeah. one. But regardless, the, the thing is, I always loved that movie. And I have my my issues I have with some Disney movies in the sense of maybe... I love princess movies. I, that's all. That's like the I bottom line is I really love princess movies, but I also understand why they have their um, their critics. I really do. The Little Mermaid. The always the thing that really upset me. I didn't even realize till I was much older was like she's actually supposed to be sixteen, which is kind of weird. It's like, just a tad. Yeah. But then also all the Disney princesses are supposed to be pretty young. Also, just a tad strange. Yeah. yeah, they're all like bit. on their 16th birthday. Like even like Tangled, 
Rapunzel's eighteen, right? And and you know I Flynn Rider's got to be like twenty seven. He's got to be like thirty I think, years I think old. He's, yeah. I think yeah, they he said must, he's twenty six. I yeah, think yes. that's like the actual age that they gave him. Yeah. Which oh, I'm just saying, like the it's older I get, weird. the more I'm like, eh, yeah. yeah, these guys are pretty young. Bottom line, yeah, I never really had a, much of an issue with Little Mermaid, but I like that the Disney story better than than this one. I think, don't you? Yeah, I I I'm not a big fan of this one. I like the original. I, I'm not a big maybe, fan. maybe, maybe the issue I'm having with the Hans version, the original version, is that I, I'm, I guess I get what he was trying to do, saying like she's got to earn it. She can't just like trade things with a witch and get what she wants. Yeah, but also like, yeah, I, maybe I'm just a romantic. This isn't a happy romantic story. Yeah, well, it's weird. I think it's because it never was supposed to be romantic, but Disney like romanticized it. And so, well, yeah, that's because definitely true. Disney likes to do that with things. That's my biggest question. So they're doing that less now, for sure. Yeah, like in the definitely. past they're ten not years, making it like a happy ending. It always well, works out, and they have well, not even that. I just mean like in the romantic um, aspect as being like the main point of the movie. Yeah, I think the last time I might be wrong, but the last time at least it was notable to me they did that was ten. 12 years ago when Tangled came out. Yeah. And now done, it's more like a empowerment type thing with like either yeah. friends or It's family. like in the story still, but it's not the main point. Yeah. Right. I agree. And even Tangled, it was some people would argue it's not the main point, but like it was a huge part it's of the story that they, it's like a falling in love story with, with Flynn well, Rider and Rapunzel or whatever. Yeah. So I look at a, something like this and I'm like, what was the formula at one point, Disney took up with the the princess falling in love with the prince thing. Like that yeah. was the main point of most of the movies I saw growing up. Well, and it, notably, I, I know we're not going to probably talk about this at all today because it's not Grimm's or even closely related. But like Mulan was my favorite movie growing up. I mean, it's closely related, and I could have talked about it, but I chose not to. And yeah, I mean, it, there is a Grimm story. I mean, well, it's not it's not Grimm's. It, there's like Grimm's a Chinese like, legend about Mulan yeah, it, and so, stuff. But. So just like just to specify for our listener, what Grimm's entails is specifically German fairy tales. So, right. so yeah. but but my point where I was where I was going with that was that was my favorite movie. And I loved the whole message of the Disney movie of Mulan and everything. But also it did have this aspect of there was like this slightly romantic story between Li Shang and Mulan, Fa Mulan. Right. Yeah. So I look at something like this and I'm like. And it was, and that movie ended on like a very sort of like they didn't go too deep into it, right? It was just sort of like hinted at the end that this was going to go somewhere. Yeah. It wasn't the whole point of the movie. Whereas like something like this, it's like the point of it was that she wanted to be with this prince and get a soul, and you, it's not a happy ending, really. Well, she wasn't even. Well, I still think. Well, it, it's a happy. It definitely is a happy ending. Well, I mean, it's she, not, she didn't turn into nothing. Not I mean, in the way that I. I mean, like maybe I, I was just saying. Maybe I'm like a romantic. Maybe I just like the idea of something working out. Yeah, like well, that. but here, but, but here's the thing: the, is it's not. It's not implying here. that it doesn't. Uh, it's. I think there's a difference because this this story still has a technically a happy ending, according to Hans Christian Andersen. He wanted a very. Uh, I was during my research. I was talking, talking. I was reading about how there are some variances when it comes to this particular story, because there's different versions. I mean, this is an old story, very different versions. And it's, it, some people had similar, similar esque stories had said that, well, she actually just, she, she died. You good. Yeah. She, uh, <laughs> she actually, uh, you know, turns into sea foam and there's nothing left and stuff like that. So this, like his, his way of having her go up <laughs> into an ethereal spirit, 
uh, into heaven. I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, it's a good ending for her. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think the, I think what's interesting to me is how Disney specifically has transitioned the messages of their storytelling <laughs> into something that's less about what some from a social perspective would consider a nuclear family in the Western society right. and more so into a, uh, you don't need any of that type of narrative. Well, that's that's sort of my conundrum with looking at a story like that, and I'm 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 like understanding the storytelling aspects, and like you said, it's a happy ending. And I'm wondering if what's turning me off is not the story itself that he wrote, but the fact that I've seen the Disneyfied version first, mm -hmm. and I liked it so much as a kid, and I like yeah, you brainwash yourself. Exactly. Well, I, I truly liked I it. Did, I know I did. I truly liked it. So I'm wondering if I'm just comparing the two and, and purposely like shutting this one down. Because as, I don't really like childhood. it. Right. Well, I think that this is something that we've discussed on on podcast and off podcast. But I think the the main issue with Disney that I have specifically outside of the Uyghur genocide um, hashtag Disney's evil um, is that they choose to specifically um, create these very unrealistic and if you think about it, very insidious narratives for people to grasp onto. I mean, a lot of people in our generation have this worldview specifically from a, you know, perspective of relationship that's just inaccurate. And I would argue that a lot of that was influenced from things like Disney and from things like Happy Ever After Syndrome and from things like, uh, you know, I get this from my prince and my prince is this. And it's very objective in a lot of ways. Misogynistic. Well, it's, well, it's 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 misogynistic, but it's also um, there's a little bit of a misandry there as well because we talked about object, objectifying, and it goes both ways. We can objectify princes, and we also objectify princes, uh, princesses, and we also objectify princes as the answer to all the princesses' problems. Well, they are, and in a lot of maybe, <laughs> I, I can totally see where you're going with that. Um, I think in some ways it does give a sort of expectation for some people, but I don't think it can be totally like chalked up to like, Oh Disney's no, fault. no, it's not purely there's, Disney's fault. No, there is. Um, and I think there's also a major pushback in today's age against that kind of thinking. Maybe the pendulum swinging a little too far, some would argue, but yeah. like, I mean like this whole dependence on like finding a prince and falling in love. Well, you have to remember Disney played a part in introducing that too. I mean, Mulan, well, no, I understand. It, talk, that's why I'm saying there's like this definite shift culturally, yeah. I think. And, you know, like, like I said, of relationships. Well, like it's not even getting rid. Well, it's getting rid of gender roles is what it is. No, yeah. I think in a lot of ways. I think that there's a shift in where it's no longer the major point in in like a storytelling aspect. Yeah, and while I think that makes sense in a lot of stories, I also think that doing away with it completely isn't exactly, you know, well, you, you have empowerment. To, well, but you have to remember the, that's my opinion. And this is a whole nother topic. We're going to go down that Avenue, but the whole idea, um, I think of them doing that is to push a certain set of values that are not representative of today uh, in today's culture. So, or not, they're not representative of older Disney movies because you see older Disney movies and there's a lot of traditionalist aspects in them. And there's a lot of, um, you know, like you said, happily ever after love type stuff that was painted in an unrealistic way because they're kids movies. Um, but also today there's more of an unrealistic painting of how reality is when it comes to um, empowerment or, uh, you know, uh, badass mother effort syndrome or what do you want to call it in which the other party isn't needed at all. I mean, you look at toy story and you always ever only ever see her, his mom. 
I mean, like, there's an intentional type of thing. Like, there was no reason to not have that because his parents never played a story in the... His parents never played a role in the story, but it was indicative of them trying to push across a, a subconscious normality of something that technically isn't very good. I mean, I come from a relatively bad background in that area, and it's not a sign of success. I mean, I, I'm not trying to condemn anyone from that situation. I'm just merely saying that it's better to have the alternative. So when it comes to Disney or entities that teach these type of things, they very consciously make these decisions. They're not subconscious decisions. Um, and the, I think that, to me, if we're going to talk about insidiousness, I think that's the insidiousness that I see as opposed to you know how spooky the story might be. Well, all this does is also tell me that the Little Mermaid 2, Melody's Adventure or whatever it's called, totally was completely up. fabricated. Yes. Yeah, totally she does up. not have a daughter. No, she doesn't have an adventure either. No adventure. So we talked about The Little Mermaid. Um, kind of a depressing story. Uh, we're also going to jump into Beauty and the Beast, which I have to... Another favorite of mine. Uh, your favorite, have to imagine. Um, and uh, about side of Mulan. So interestingly, uh, there are a few different variances of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, the original was written by French novelist Gabrielle Suzanne Barbeau de Villeneuve. Uh, and published in some apologies if I butchered that uh, and published in 1740 in La Jeune Americaine et les Contes Marines probably butchered that as well which roughly translates to <laughs> the young American and marine tales this was because the book and the story itself was very detailed it was later abridged by French novelist Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont in 1756 in oh jeez Bumeau, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. In 1756, in Magazine des Enfants, or Children's Collection, to produce a version that was what is now the most commonly retold version. A.K.A. Disney. Yes. Uh, so this fairy tale was in technically influenced by ancient Greek stories such as Cupid and Psyche from The Golden Ask. Ask, go yes. ahead and go ahead and laugh. Uh, written by Lucius Apulius Moderentius in the second like century spell. AD. Uh, it is also influenced by the Pig King, which is written by Giovanni Francesco Straparola in the Fatitious Knights of Straparola around 1550. So it's a very old, old story. There was a lot of names there. A lot of names. The, a lot of good French. You gave it a shot. I tried. The Lucius guy. Sound, I was going to say something. Sounds. Like a spell. Yes. You're thinking of Lucius Malfoy. No. Yeah. I'm or Lucius of, from I'm Batman. I'm thinking of Lucius Apulus Medirinus. Lucius Apulius Madurensius. Very nice. Exactly. Yeah. I Sounds now like have a, a tail. Very nice. Yeah, exactly. No. Um, You're the pig king. So this is an old. 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 Story. Old. Old story. Okay. Old. Um, now, according to the researchers... At universities in Durham and Lisbon, the story of Beauty of the Beast is actually even older than that and actually originated to about 4,000 years ago. You have wow. to wonder what changes have been made since the original 4,000 years ago then. Well, feminism didn't exist back then, so I have to imagine no principles for represent representation at all were in that voting. story. Voting. No women were voting. There were no Apple I mean, let's be products. real. Is <laughs> no Beauty and the Beast really like a feminist story? It depends on which one we watch. That's true. I mean, the most feminist thing about the most recent the one? Disney one. No, 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 not okay. Most I guess they're one? both Disney. No, I'm thinking the of the cartoon thing one. About the Disney one is when she beats the wolves. No, <laughs> that's no. Well, he saves her from the wolves, right? No, not in the newest one. I can't remember. I yeah, can't remember. The newest either. one was trash. Was garbage. I liked it. 
Oh. Or when she saved him from the people. You liked it because it's representative of a story that you originally loved. You prefer the original. Yes. I love the cartoon one. Oh, me I know too. that. I don't much. like. The I've also watched one. it like a thousand times, so yeah. I remember that one. That's why. That's why I say that Disney's realifying of their movies is just a really lazy way of try the gray stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really delicious. Lazy. Delicious. Yeah, it's lazy. All right. Um. So this story is particularly long, so I took my time to condense it, and we are using the original version by Bill and Nueve. That's Bill the original Nueve. version we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. should I be concerned? Uh, mm, is this going to break my heart? No, it's very similar. Uh, there's some differences, uh, but it's it's quite similar. There wasn't a lot of changes with this one. Okay. Uh, honestly, a lot of these uh, this like this particular episode wasn't as spooky as I thought it would be. Um, so the next series of stories we'll talk about kind of make it that way. But this one uh, is not not that spooky. Okay, not, right. not not a lot of spooks. Let's get into it. Oh, yeah. So, a widow a widower merchant lives in a mansion with his 12 children, six sons and six daughters. All the daughters are beautiful, and the youngest is referred to as Little Beauty, and she is the prettiest. She's lovely, kind, and pure of heart, while her older sisters are cruel, selfish, vain, spoiled, and jealous of Little Beauty. The merchant loses his wealth in a storm at sea, sinking most of the merchant fleet. The family move to a small cottage in the forest and work for a living, which Beauty happily does, and the sisters see her as incredibly stupid for doing so. <laughs> Years later, the merchant hears that one of his ships, thought to be sunk, had actually escaped the destruction of the storm. He asks his children if they want any gifts before he leaves to port, and the sisters ask for clothing, jewelry, and the finest dresses possible. All kind of reasonable, if you think about it. While Beauty also asks for his safe return and a promise of a rose, a flower that didn't grow in their part of the country and arguably would have been the hardest thing to get. Yeah, that's so Beauty little B word. Might be a little uh, entitled. Yeah. Mm. Now the merchant learns that the ship's cargo has been seized to repay the merchant's debts, which leaves him penniless and unable to buy his children, children presents. So, during his return, he becomes lost in a storm and comes upon a castle. He sneaks in, as people do when they come upon a house. Of course. Finds tables laden with food and drink, seemingly left by the owner of the castle for him as a gift, and spends the night there eating and drinking his fill. Why would he think someone left that? Because he did. He did, supposedly. Mm -hmm. uh, come morning, the merchant assumes the castle is now his <laughs> and begins to leave so he can bring his children back. Until he comes across a rose garden around the castle. He plucks the loveliest rose, but is then confronted by the beast as he's trying to pluck more to create a bouquet. The beast then tries to kill him for stealing his most precious possession even after accepting his hospitality. So the food was left for him. Mm. The merchant begs for his life, revealing that he had only picked the rose and tried to pick the other roses as a gift for his youngest daughter. The beast then agrees to let him give the rose to Beauty, but only if the merchant brings one of his daughters to take his place without, um, without deception. He makes it clear that she must agree to take his place while under no illusions about her predicament. So interesting. This Insidious. is not a trap. What does that mean? He's trading his daughter So this puts for him. in the Disney movie Lois mm -hmm. as the real villain. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So he yes. offers his daughter. So he was going to be kept there by the beast, imprisoned, uh -huh. tortured, and he says, "Go back home. Bring. I'll let bring you live a daughter. if you give me one of your daughters." 
Because in the in the cartoon version, Disneyfied version, she, she shows sacrifices up. herself. Yes, yes. Interesting. Now, he brings his daughter. Here's to the thing: him. is that is not necessarily incorrect, and you'll see in a okay. second. So the merchant gets home. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, the merchant is upset first before he gets home, and he accepts <laughs> this condition uh, begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. The beast sends him on his way with wealth, jewels, and fine clothes for his sons and daughters, and stresses that he must not lie. Okay. He gets home, gives his gifts, and tells Beauty that the rose came at a terrible price. He tells the entire story, and his sons say they'll go to the castle to fight the beast, and his daughters, everyone except Beauty, blame Beauty for her, her stupidity. Well, yeah, she shouldn't have asked for a freaking rose. Exactly. It's easier to get something stupid. Yeah, jewelry or stupid. clothes, much yeah. easier. I uh, blame I'd blame dad. No, I blame her. I blame narrative storytelling. Yes. You would be one of the sisters then. I would be. Yeah, yikes. Uh, the next morning, the merchant and beauty ride back to the castle on a magical horse. I don't know what that entails, but Nay. it was a magical horse. Magical horse. Where did he get this magical, magical horse? From Hercules. Uh, from the beast, actually. Oh, uh, okay. And the beast receives beauty with great ceremony and even fireworks that entwine their initials in the sky. Strange. Mm. A little weird. Just a dad. Um, giving now, weird vibes. Just yes. a little bit. Uh, now, he gives her lavish clothing and food and carries on lengthy conversations with her. And she notes that he is stupid rather than savage. Okay. Which is worse? Good question. <laughs> Every night, the beast asks Beauty to marry him, only to be refused each time. She dreams of a handsome prince every night, and a fairy then warns her in her dreams not to be deceived by appearances, and she doesn't put two and two together because Beauty is a child at this point, assuming that the beast has imprisoned a handsome prince within the castle. Now, granted, I don't know if she was a child, but it never implied her age, and she was the youngest, so I'm assuming that she was younger. She probably was. I think she's supposed to be like... Stockholm Syndrome. Between 16 and 18. Sure. I don't know. Now... For several months, Beauty lives a life of luxury at the Beast's castle, having every whim catered to, with no end of riches to amuse her and an endless supply of exquisite finery to wear. Exquisite. And not to wear. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Did you find out... Are there any talking teapots? I so don't think there is. There are no talking teapots, and I didn't include this because I didn't think it was relevant. But when she explores the castle prior to getting homesick, which we'll get to in a second, she discovers a lot of different talking animals within the castle. Oh. Yes. Okay. So, Beauty gets homesick, and the Beast allows her to return home on the condition that she wears an enchanted ring, which allows her to wake up in her family's new home when turned three times around her finger, and that she must return within two months. When the two months have passed, she envisions the beast dying alone on the castle grounds and hastens to return despite her brother's resolve to prevent her from doing so. She returns, finds the beast dying, becomes distraught, and realizes that she loves him. Okay, that's a just classic a classic case of Stockholm Syndrome. That's mm. a freaking pity. Maybe. Okay. Mm. Now, she resuscitates him with water and agrees to marry him that night. How do you resuscitate someone with water? I don't know. You throw water on their face. Start giving them CPR, dumping yeah, water exactly. on their face. Waterboarding the beast. <laughs> like, Stop, beauty. Yeah. Um, now she awakes next to him the next day, and Uh-oh. she finds he has transformed into the unknown prince of her dreams. Mm. That fairy bitch then shows up, along with a woman whom beauty doesn't recognize in a golden carriage pulled by white stags. Yeah, very, uh, very timely. The woman is the beast's mother 
who is unhappy beauty is not a noble. The fairy chastises the mother and eventually reveals that beauty is her niece, with her actual father being the queen's brother from a fortunate island and her mother being the fairy's sister. You just threw a lot of information uh, at me from left field. Yep. So Beast and Beauty are cousins. Yes. Like first cousins. Yes. What? You said this wouldn't ruin it for me. It's ruined. <laughs> Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Keep in mind, uh, this is uh, from a long time ago. And in France, I have yes, to imagine yes, it was totally fine. Yes, yeah. I know. Incest this, incest that. They yeah. loved it. They loved it. Probably, that. Not just, probably still do. Yeah. No. We don't hate French people, by the way. No, it's not. I'm not even talking about France. I'm just talking about back in the day. <laughs> the royals were all inbred. They were. That was yeah. just a thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah. So uh, the prince then tells his story because in all the time that he's been with Beauty and all the conversations that he has had one way with Beauty when she has not communicated with him, he has never once gotten around to telling his story. <laughs> of course. His father died when he was young and his mother had to wage war to defend his kingdom. The queen left him in the care of an evil fairy who tried to, des- tried to seduce him when he became an adult. When he refused, she transformed him into a beast only by finding true love, despite his ugliness, could the curse be broken. So he didn't sleep with a fairy, so she got pissed. Yep. He was, of, least, age. He was of age, though. I, I was going to say, so. at least she waited until he was an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the only person that did in Still all strange, stories. though, because that would imply that he was a child when he met her, uh, which is very much... Uh, Still kind of weird. Grooming. This yeah. is disappointing. Just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, the Beauty and the Beast lived happily ever after as married first cousins. <sighs> Beautiful, isn't it? Great. How does that make you feel? Uh, Thanks, Disney, for taking a story that should be left in the darkness. You know what this story is missing? A a major piece. Gaston. Death. Well, yeah. I mean, they introduced Gaston and his little buddy. Yeah, his little buddy. For a reason. So, I mean, it's... I'm just so disappointed. But I guess, you know what? But I guess I shouldn't be because this was, again, like you said, likely a story... Yeah. That was culminated from like oral histories told through the ages 4,000 years ago, right? Yeah. So it probably yeah. was a lot weirder in my mind in 2022 when it was then originally 15, thought up 50. in like 2000 BC. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, it's not the exact story. I mean, there's, there's, so there's no, similarities. I get it. I get it. I get it. 1550 version. Yeah, isn't this it? is 1550. No, this so. is a 17. 17- Oh, 1740. Um, so this is ago. so. Here's the thing: is is when I say that it's it's not the same. Like for our listeners and viewers, this is not the same exact story. Like it is, there are echoes of other stories that have been incorporated into it. Um, same thing with Little Mermaid. Same thing with literally any other fairy tale. Are there normally culminations of various stories that have been combined over time that then come to the vision group or whatever the hell you want to call this that it is that we are talking about today? Right. Yeah. So it, it's it is still strange. Uh, I don't know. I mean. Why would Disney pick this story? So when did they describe him as a beast? Was he like yeah, he's like, beast. Okay, what Monster. is beast? Said he was mean? ugly. It's ugly. It's a beast. I don't know. It could, okay. could have meant Hunchback of Notre Dame, or could have meant anything. All right. Well, I mean, she came back after two months. No, no, no. The gist of it's all the same. Yeah. But except the cousin thing. The cousin the thing. The cousin thing really throws me. I off. I can see why Disney didn't uh, add, add that, that part. <laughs> Yeah, so she's nobility, but beauty. Her no, name's no, not Belle. she's not nobility. She's a fairy. Well, they never said her actual she's name. She's a fairy. And they never said her actual name. Her name is literal, literally <sighs> Little Beauty in the story. 
All right. So she's the daughter. That was a lot. That was a lot thrown at me at once. She's she is the. Yeah, she's she's the the niece of the the queen's brother of Fortunate Island. The niece of the queen's brother. No, no, no. The she is the niece of the fairy. The fairy chastises mother. Eventually reveals beauty is her niece. So she's the niece of a fairy, and that her actual father is the. Brother of the Queen. Brother of the Queen. So first from cut- Fortunate Island, which whatever that is, I don't. Just, Fortunate Island. That's my Fortunate Island. That's literally yeah, like from Pinocchio. Fortunate Island. Uh, yeah. Her mother being the fairy sister. Okay. So still in her dad slept with a fairy. Yeah. Okay. Does he does he fess up to that? Well, her dad, uh, but her dad died in the war. Wait, then you the you you're for, you're missing this. Prince's dad died. Uh-huh. She is the niece of the fairy. Uh-huh. Her dad slept with the mother, the sister of the fairy, at Fortunate Island. The mother is the prince's mom. Oh my god. There's a lot here. Okay. Very I got strange. it. I got yeah. it. All right. <sighs> a lot of uh, a lot of blurred lines familially. Yeah. yeah. Well, confused. I mean, here's the thing. We got a great cartoon out of it Did in we? the early 90s. And some Did great we? music. Yes. I am so upset that she died. The Who? the lady that sung that, she just died last week. Oh, what? Yeah, the one that's like beauty on. The one that 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 voices uh Miss Potts. Miss Potts. Oh, she passed away rest last week. Peace. I did yes. not know. Wait. She passed away and then Hagrid. Yeah. Who's the third? The Queen, the comedian. No, and she was too Johnson. early. She's yeah. too early. The Queen is too early. Leslie Johnson died yesterday. Who the hell is Leslie Johnson? The comedian. Oh, that's like all the TikTok sound. Like, what y'all doing? Screwing. He's a comedian. I don't know. Who that if you saw him, he died in a car wreck yesterday. He's old too. Jeez, really sad. No, he was only. Well, no, he wasn't that old. Sixty-seven. Yeah. Well, that's that's old. Okay. Um, all right. Well, all right. Anyways, off topic. Yeah, yeah. So that was Beauty and the Beast, um, and then some distressing news. Uh, there, uh, celebrities yeah. always die in three. Try and prove me they wrong. Do. Don't know how. Don't know why. But there yeah. is something behind that. Um, now, granted, we have talked about Little Mermaid. We've talked about the Little Beauty. Now we're going to actually talk about a German, a German tale. Called Hansel and Gretel. Oh boy, I can't wait. I mean, the the story I know of this is disturbing. Is already anyways. very disturbing. Yeah. Yes, they've now, made horror movies about this children. I kind of want to see the new one, the spooky one, the the spooky spooks. Oh, I I that heard it looks, wasn't very good. Uh, well, bummer. the one I think of, I don't even think it's Hansel and Gretel. It's the one where they stay at their grandma's house. She oh, tries yeah. to eat them. Oh, that's yeah. the that's the uh, like the, where she uh, they're filming the it or something. The visit, or yeah. I've that just that. reminds me of Hansel and Gretel it's for similar. some reason. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. That's disturbing. That one's really scary. Yeah. Well, this one, we're going to go through two versions because there is the original version, which was originally collected by the Brothers Grimm and published in 1812 um, in Grimm's Fairy Tales, a.k.a. Uh, referred to as Little Step Brother and Little Step Sister. That is the original <laughs> name. Um, now, scholars have argued that the Grimm's brothers actually heard the story in 1809 from the family of Wilhelm's, Wilhelm's friend and future wife, Dorschen Wild, and partly from other sources, contradicting the brothers' source of, ver- quote-unquote, various tales from Hesse, which is the region where they lived. Hmm. So, 
They lied. Maybe. They might have. Now, according to folklorist Jack Zipes, the tale emerged in the late Middle Ages Germany, 1250 to 1500. Also, very old, old tale. Very, very now, old. There are a few reasons for why this is, why the story even exists, and we'll jump into that. But let's talk about how the story originally goes. And most, both of you and most of our viewers and listeners will know this story. It's very similar. Hansel and Gretel are children of a poor woodcutter. I'm going to stop talking like yeah, that Yeah, I was going to say, please stop. Uh, <laughs> famine settles over the land, and the woodcutter's second wife suggests that they should take the children into the woods and leave them there to fend for themselves so that she and the woodcutter do not starve to death, claiming that a stranger may take the children in. Yeah. Sure. The woodcutter reluctantly agrees, unbeknownst to Hansel and Gretel, hearing the plan. Parents... Go to bed, and Hansel sneaks out of his room to gather some white pebbles around the house, saying that Gret- to Gretel that God would not forsake them. The family go into the woods the next day, leaving the kids, but the kids had left that trail of white pebbles. They go back home, and their stepmother is enraged. Provisions become scarce again, so the woodcutter is forced to take his kids back into the woods. Hansel is able to grab a slice of bread and leaves a trail, per the original story, of breadcrumbs so they can return home. After their father leaves, unfortunately, birds had eaten the crumbs. So the kids are shit out of luck. Yes. They wander for days and eventually follow a beautiful white bird to a clearing upon which a large cottage made of gingerbread, cookies, cakes, and candies with windows of clear sugar resides upon. That sounds so good right now. Gingerbread is my favorite cookie. Oh, I love gingerbread. It's the best cookie. Uh, Besides oatmeal raisin. Um, Uh Uh-oh. Sorry. Fighting words. (laughs) You be careful right now. Okay. Uh, The children begin to ravenously eat the rooftop because they can reach it. Um, And a very old woman appears from within the house and coaxes them inside with the promise of soft beds and food. So this is all very along the lines of the story. Uh, They enter without realizing that their hostess is a bloodthirsty witch. Mm. Meaning she's just mean and old. uh, (laughs) Who built the gingerbread house to waylay children to cook and eat them. The witch locks Hansel in an iron cage in the garden and forces Gretel into becoming a slave. The witch then feeds Hansel regularly to fatten him up, but serves Gretel nothing but crab shells. The blind-ish witch tries to touch Hansel's finger to see how fat he has become, but Hansel cleverly offers a thin bone he found in the cage. Now, the witch is a moron, apparently. He's a moron. Uh, And the thin bone is from another child. That she had eaten previously. Well, but how would you know how fat someone is by their finger? You haven't seen it? Their fingers get stubby. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes like, when you start gaining weight or you... losing weight, the, the quickest you see it is like in your, like if you're, your ring well, finger. We well, have to remember she's an old lady, even though she's a witch and mm-hmm. Hansel's a kid, probably stronger than her. And you don't want to like open it up and poke him in the belly. <laughs> Yeah. Are you fat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, the witch is a moron, and she's fooled into thinking that Hansel is too thin to eat. So she feeds him for weeks. Weeks. Mm-hmm. Not days. Weeks. Until she decides to eat him, quote-unquote, be he fat or lean. Okay. Now, she preps, preps the oven for Hansel, but decides to eat Gretel as well. That, that bitch is hungry AF. <laughs> uh, she asks Gretel to open the oven and lean, leans over to see if the fire is hot enough, but Gretel pretends that she doesn't understand what the witch means. Infuriated, the witch demonstrates, and Gretel shoves her into the fire, slamming and bolting the door shut, leaving, quote-unquote, the ungodly witch to be burned in ashes. Wow. 
The kids free themselves, discover a vase full of treasure, including precious stones, and then they return home. A swan ferries them across some water, and they find their father at home, the stepmother having died from some unknown cause. The father is happy to see his children, and they live on. They live happily on the witch's wealth I till the end of time. I love that ending. This is like a... I think they died. Girl power Maybe. move. Maybe it's too good of an ending. I think they died. Want to know why? Because mm, a swan ferries them across that large body of Very water. Very Caron. Caron. Yeah, a swan. And they don't explain why the mom died. Huh. Interesting. Which would Does imply... Does that mean the dad died? No. The, well, it means kids died. Because it would imply that the children wanted a world in which they didn't have the main antagonist, the stepmother, in it. So, of course, their explanation or of why maybe, she died would be, I don't know. Maybe the stepmom got so like fed up with having to feed people, she killed the dad, and they're all in heaven now. And that's why the dad's only there. Um, could maybe maybe possibly we're open to new ideas here yes Yes. so did they so they turned her into ashes this was a hot stove or hot oven oven, yeah yeah very large oven too Mm. it must be yes you know in the movie the visit you were talking about they do have a scene i think where the grandma's like can you reach into Mm -hmm. she asked if you could clean the oven that's what it was that makes sense very weird yeah Yeah. so i never liked that story but i didn't know the ending part for some reason i always thought I don't know. I never considered what actually happens after they show up to the witch's house. I don't, I just never knew the ending. What? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like whenever I thought of Hansel and Gretel, I'm like, oh, the breadcrumbs to the witch's house, and it's made of gingerbread and candy. Well, and yeah, that's, all that's like the poignant. I like. Yeah. I knew they got away, but I didn't know the details about the oven. <laughs> like I don't know. I never considered what the ending of Hansel and Gretel was. Yeah, no. I, well, this this is the happy version one. So that's yeah. That's the main version. Everyone kind of knows the version that you know has kind of been brought along. Now, it, it's not. It's creepy, but it's not as creepy as this next version. Yeah. Um, this but, version is my favorite. Well, I, here's the thing: is I think that this this next one is worth discussion because it's Halloween Halloween season. But let's talk about the pr- true story before we jump into the saddest version. Let's talk about the true story, which is also equally sad. Okay. Uh, of Hansel and Gretel. Now, supposedly, um, this goes back to the Baltic regions during the Great Famine of 1314 to 1322. Um, taken from, all, this is, all this information is taken from all There's some other websites that I looked at, but this is one of the main ones that just kind of had it collected there. Um, Quote, unquote, volcanic activity in Southeast Asia and New Zealand ushered in a period of prolonged climate change that led to crop failures and massive starvation across the globe. Food was scarce in Europe. So when the Great Famine struck, the results were devastating. Scholarly estimations uh, suspect that the Great Famine impacted 400,000 square miles of Europe, 30 million people, and may have killed up to 25% of the population in certain areas. An Irish chronicler wrote that people, quote-unquote, were so destroyed by hunger that they extracted bodies of the dead from cemeteries and dug out the flesh from the skulls and ate it, and the women ate their children out of hunger. Ew. Supposedly, this is one of the originations of Hansel and Gretel. Another comes from Giambattista Basile. We mentioned him in part one. Um, his version, Nanino and Nanera, <laughs> is very similar to the Brothers Grimm version, except there's a donkey eating oats instead of a bird eating breadcrumbs. So it's very similar. Okay. Exactly. Now, the worst version is what I want to talk about. And this worst version comes from... 
Romania, and it is titled The Little Boy and the Wicked Stepmother. And it was originally written by Moses Gaster, which was published in 1915. This is my favorite version. Yeah, it's an unfortunate it's favorite. It's an unfortunate favorite. Now, here's how it goes. And I'll go ahead and do some mood music for this. Mm. Once upon a time, there was a poor man who had a wife and two children, a boy and a girl. He was so poor that he possessed nothing in the world but ashes on his hearth. His wife died, and he ended up marrying another woman who was bad-natured and quite cantankerous. She snarled and shouted and gave the man no peace. She told the man to, quote, quote, do away with his children. You cannot even keep me. How can you keep all of these mouths? He ignored her nagging for a long time, and then, when it became too much, he promised he would take the children into the forest and leave them there. The children heard them talking, but said nothing. The next day, he grabbed his axe and asked his children to come with him because he was going to cut some wood. He brought them into a dense, dark area of the forest and said he would fetch them once he finished cutting wood. Instead, he went home heavy-hearted. The children waited and then slept the night in the forest, knowing what their father had done. The daughter, having secretly grabbed and laid some of those ashes on the path, followed them back to the home with her brother. The stepmother, having saw them, went blind with fury. The husband, who was a weakling, (laughs) tried to pacify her by suggesting other ways to get the children away, but that did not succeed. Finding that her husband would do nothing, the stepmother decided to fix the problem herself. When the husband had gone away, the stepmother, to, uh, stepmother took the little boy and without saying anything to anyone, killed him and gave him to his sister to cut up and prepare a small meal for all of them. What was she to do? If she didn't listen, the stepmother would kill her too. So she cut up her brother and cooked him, but she took his heart and hid it away in a hollow tree. When the stepmother asked about the heart, she said a dog had stolen it away. <laughs> In the evening, the husband came home, and the stepmother brought the broth with the meat for the husband to eat. She sat down and ate as well, without the husband knowing he was consuming his own son. The little girl refused to eat nor touch the food, and after they had finished, she gathered all the little bones and hid them in the hollow tree where she hid the heart. The next morning, a cuckoo bird came from the hollow tree, and sitting on the branch began to sing, Cuckoo, my sister has cooked me, and my father has eaten me. but I am now a cuckoo and safe from my stepmother. When the stepmother, who came near the tree, heard what the bird was singing, she went into a rage and took a heavy lump of salt, which lay nearby, and threw it at the cuckoo. Instead of hitting hitting it, the lump came back down on her head and killed her on the spot. The little boy remains a cuckoo bird to this day. (laughs) You see why it's my favorite? No. (laughs) It's like a mix of... Like revenge, and then like Jeffrey is, Dahmer, ugh. and <laughs> so sick of that man's name. I'm concerned that that's your favorite story. Let's dive into the it's psychology just, of that. It's just very interesting to me. Well, how there's like revenge in the end, like she dies. It's well, not really revenge. A lump of salt. It's like bad. It's like well, bad luck. Like from her stupidity. Well, right, but she I dies. don't understand. So she took a heavy lump of salt yeah. that lay like nearby, like a, like a and she threw salt it. Lamp? In it. Like, like that type of boomeranged thing. back at her head. No, she just missed. She so the birds above her. She threw it up and then it came back down. Oh, that's hilarious! That's but also, it's not really a. Does the daughter ever say anything to dad? Like, hey, by the way, if you're looking for our 
you know, my brother probably or your not. son. I've you got bad news for you. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I wouldn't. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that one's kind of nasty, kind of disgusting, kind of yeah, Halloween-y. Very no, Halloween-y. I don't like yeah. that stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. And freaking stepmom's weird. She just, oh, yeah, yum, 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 yum. Taste yum, delicious. Yum, yum, yum. Well, I think the unfortunate part about all that, because this one was written in 1915, so it's probably meant to be disturbing um okay. but uh, i think the unfortunate part about hansel and gretel generally is where the story originates from um the most disturbing part about all these things and this is something that we talked about in the monologue is how impactful stories are in society right and hansel and gretel for the most part if we think about it in a historical context if those things are to be true basically paint a very devastating picture of what famine can do to humanity uh-huh. that's a good point I mean, think about it. In in some of the the most notable cases of cannibalism, you know, the, Donner Donner Party, the the yeah. the team that crashed in South America, you know, it all it came down to them. To cannibalism, they they came down to making the decision of cannibalism or our lives, right? Yeah. So yeah, and the unfortunate, like a very yeah. taboo topic, I'm sure, in times of great distress where people were starving to death. It was often something like a taboo topic, like we we're on the brink of. Well, I don't think it was concerned at that point. I don't think people cared. I mean, you have to think about the Great Famine and it, mothers were eating their children and, and people, were, people were, getting, were digging people out of graves and eating rotten flesh. Their brains. Yeah. Nice. Yep. That's very Halloween appropriate. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it's just it's just interesting to me. The the historical echoes of some of these things, because per my monologue, same thing with holidays, same thing with national anything. Anything that we've told ourselves or taught ourselves comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not from whole cloth. Well, in some instances it is, but it's been told over and over again through time and it becomes solidified. The stories of Brothers Grimm or the stories from Alexander, whatever his name Hamilton. is. Hamilton. Um, that too. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, all these stories, they come from somewhere. And in most instances, a lot of them are disturbing. Well, a lot of them also have a meaning other than just like telling a story, like a learning thing. A moral. <laughs> yeah, a moral thing. A moral code. Well, yeah. the question that I have is what is the moral code of Hans and Gretel? Or moral uh, moral story? Because I don't think there is one. Don't like your stepmom. Or don't kill your stepkids. Well, don't eat people. Yeah, but here's the thing is it never really resolves itself because yeah, father... I don't think there is a moral No, I don't think there is Hansel one with that. And Gretel. I think that you know, for the sake of being disturbing some writers are disturbing. Same thing with movies and I, I honestly don't I mean as someone who, who likes to express myself creatively through writing, I can understand that some people just have a story that they want to write down and sometimes it doesn't have to be some great life lesson. I mean, some of the best stories in the world are ones that I think have sort of unhappy endings. Some of the best yeah. movies in the world are not necessarily Harry ones Potter. that make you... Well, I mean, I love those movies, but <laughs> but they're not necessarily something that makes you feel good at the end of it. And I, I'm not even advocating for more of those because I like movies that have happy endings and books that have happy endings. Yeah. But I also understand that not everything has to have that. Well, and it, I guess the story of Hansel and Gretel is, is supposed to scare you it's a scary it gets, it's a scary story it gets kind of boring when everything has a happy ending because you just well there's you can tropes. guess how it's going to end there's pretty much tropes right so like there's 
formulas and what you know it's the same thing with music you know you know if you do a certain chord progression you're typically going to have more people like it or listen well to it. is there a type of chord prog- progression in storytelling in, keep in mind these formulas are created so the mm. musical formula um and obviously historically there's different formulas very common within different area, ages of music like gregorian the, the chord progressions there are different than today so there's the, the, the culture and the t- context of time that you live in impacts all these things with that being said, when it comes to filming and storytelling today and music, the formulas that they have created are only created because they've determined that those formulas are more tasteful. Well, I also wonder if it has something to do with today. You can, you have access to so many different stories at every moment of the day, whenever you want in yeah. different mediums, you can read them, you can watch them, you can listen to them and there's m- millions and you can, there's different, uh, you know, directors and different actors. And then just, you, you can see all these things immediately. And then, you know, this was 1900s, but if you go back to like the beauty and the beast one, 1500s, and you have stories that are being told, probably embellished and, you know, probably people telling them to their kids or their friends or whatever, and maybe changing little bits and pieces here and there. How, how much of these were just supposed to be like, like the way we watch scary movies today. Oh yeah, all, I mean, I would say all of them. I mean, you look at it, you it look wasn't at about. I mean, Krampus for for Christmas time. I mean, was the German tale of Krampus is very much similar to that. It, it was like the same but, way we watch dumb, scary movies around Halloween that aren't necessarily good storytelling, but they're scary. They're, yeah, right. They're scary they stories. Well, I, I would I would say that all of these are good storytelling um, for the point of time that they were in existence. Yeah. But my point is, I'm not. I, I, I guess I've been nitpicking them for this and that, making me uncomfortable. But I think that's also the point the yeah. point is that it's supposed to be a story that like you said gets Sticks you to in your think mind. well you Sticks also you also have to remember it only makes you uncomfortable because of the context of the period of time that you live in today also if you, re- yes. if you if you were to read beauty and the beast in the 1500s 1600s or earlier it would be totally normal to you well you're right i'm coming to it from the context of my childhood in the 90s watching yeah, romanticized stop. versions yeah, stop of doing it that. <laughs> my, my my point in all of that is is I think that these stories were the notable for their time and probably some of the best stories of time or else they wouldn't be alive today in the way they are. Mm-hmm. So yeah. kudos to all of them, even though some of them are weird and creepy, but weird and creepy is sometimes what we need. Well, yeah. I think the same can be said about Halloween and any form of holiday. I think the same principle echoes within those. I think that, Halloween, Christmas, Easter, uh, National Have a Bad Day Day, um, which was November 19th. Um, I truly think that those are just all echoes of what it is to be, at the end of the day, a human. It's a story. It's a story that people tell each other. It's a story that people have decided is relevant enough to make a big impact upon culture yearly. And that may change. Over time, Halloween might fall out of popularity or might become more popular. Same with Christmas. These things all change. And I think it's very interesting, especially today, the interest that people have in trying to curtail these things to their own bias as opposed to just observing them as they are. Mm. Well said. Sloth, any final thoughts? Oh, I was just thinking how much better this would be if I was wearing my corn costume. Yeah. I, I really... Missed opportunity. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I mean... 
I mean, the visual, the visual humor would have been there for a little bit, and then yeah. it just would have been like, okay, now she's just. Then you would have been sitting there with her corn costume, looking at the camera, and being like, "Cannibalism is bad." Yeah, yeah which would have made things complicated. Yeah. Do corn human like, hybrids eat corn? Exactly. You never know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it might have been kind of weird. It's okay. We'll get to that point. We will. We'll get to that point of melding human genome with with like. Plants vegetables. Ve- I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Someone is going to be wild, or maybe they've already done it. Someone's going to be crazy enough to do it. Can you imagine going into your garden and your carrot starts talking Pick to me. you? Pick me. I'm ripe. Pick me. It's like End my fingers. suffering. I want to die. Or End that, my suffering. That reminds me of salad fingers. Remember that? It reminds me of that one movie that Seth Rogen had created about the oh. the uh the yeah that you convinced me to buy hot dog what is it what is it the the freaking um where the, the food is like aware self-aware god what is oh, it oh uh sausage party sausage party that's yeah. what it reminds me of. yeah you convinced yeah. me to buy that movie years ago so you wanted to watch well. it no. and now it's sitting on my apple tv forever you have sausage party i never actually watched it, cause it just... you'd probably think it's funny oh i know your, I your humor funny. is still there to that point oh yeah it is. Uh, i have peak humor uh, peak. 12 year old humor it's okay i'm there with you um uh, yeah it, it hasn't <laughs> aged well i turned it on like a month or two ago it just hasn't yeah, Which luck. is a surprise, surprise. The artwork of Seth Rogen doesn't age well. Yeah. Um, we love you, Seth. Please come on our podcast. Well, not ours. Theirs. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that That'd be a hard me. one to, to, to do. That reminds me. Do you see the shirt I'm wearing? It says. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and tell your story. Yes, you had a story about I, your shirt. I have a story about the You have shirt. to tell. The audience doesn't see it. So just tell what. Tell them what the story is. It says. Yeah, they still don't see it. I can. Yeah. I mean, the ones listening, describe what you're wearing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Just say um, what it is. It, I don't know if you any of you have watched Ghost Adventures, but Zach Bagans. Baggins. 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 Is the main person on it. They do Ghost Adventures. So it's. Going to different places, doing like talking to ghosts and stuff. Lying. This, I mean, exploring. This is his haunted museum in Las Vegas. I've been five times. Um, yeah, I know. I thought you've only been twice. No, I've been five times with my mother. And Maybe they go every time we go. Yep, every time we're in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And so and we go at least once a year. So. Yep. yep. And I just wanted to what say, what entitled. I <laughs> love you, Zach. I love you, Zach. And that's come what on the, the podcast. That's what this dude. You're shamelessly advert. I don't care. No, I no. There has to be a story there. Tell okay. them like how uh, was the I museum? I got chased by a clown in there. Okay. And uh. Okay. It's a creepy it's museum. Scary. Yeah, it's creepy. For, on for it's the sake of scary. Halloween, I have been to this museum twice, and it is definitely creepy. It's disturbing. They have a lot of like relics and stuff yeah. from like like they have leathered skin Ooh. um in yeah. the uh, from ed Gein. from ed Gein. really it's not actually from him but it they have it that someone gave their body to science and so they yeah preserved it on the wall there's a leathered nipple on it they it's do have ed Gein's pot that he made his human stew or at least in. what they say is his pot what? they also have i don't know if any of you guys have heard of dr kevorkian the guy that did assisted suicides in his yeah, van he yeah. has the van why yeah it's they, very interesting he they, even has like the, the like proof of why, proof of it why it's really they interesting also, they have a lot of stuff uh, so know, so okay the dybbuk box okay so there, there there seems to be this thing and i just don't know maybe Maybe I'm wrong here because I, I make that argument. Maybe this maybe this is me coming to the realization that maybe I'm wrong. Um, uh, we make this. I make this argument of protecting statues today, right? 
Like we shouldn't tear down statues. But I'm over here now thinking in my head that we should burn every single thing in that museum just because it all has terrible juju. But maybe we shouldn't. It's history. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's an interesting museum. It I, is definitely, I, I recommend it. it. If you're in Las Vegas in yes. the area, look it up. It's Go ahead at and the take- end of the strip. It's very, very interesting. It's, it's right right museum. off the strip, too. Right it, off the strip. On the note so. of Zach Baggins, if we ever had him Baggins. on the... Baggins, Baggins. On the note of Zach, if we ever had him on the show, I would... I have been in love with you since I was 11. Oh, my God. That's so cringy. Weird. So much cringe. It, that, that's that, weird. We just I, t- that's strange now. Sorry. It's I don't even know how to end this anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, th- you can we talk about how... Well, I can't. We can talk about how <laughs> disgusting Ariel was, and she's over here basically soliciting the prince. With that being said... um. I would love to know if he really believes. I, I, he didn't believe in ghosts until he came face to face. Yeah, but that's that's the thing that yeah, that's from the the true TV or whatever the the Discovery Channel or whatever channel it was. So funny, Travel Channel. It's hilarious. The Travel Channel. I never believed in ghosts until I came face to face. The Travel Channel. Just think about hilarious that is. The Travel Channel does ghost TV. Anyway, oh, don't um, hate on him. I'm not hating on him. He's he's done quite well for himself, and I absolutely love his hair. He would fit well in Breaking Benjamin perfectly. He'd fit right in with them um but uh i would just love to know if he actually says he would never tell me you'd never be able to know because he would it would ruin the shtick he'd have to retire first and then we can actually have the conversation about you, you really believe in ghosts well is it just all joke magic? maybe we'll never know yeah do you guys believe in ghosts mm. i don't believe in no. most okay. of the ghost like tv shows okay but i believe that they're there oh you think they're faking it on the tv shows yeah. but the ghosts are real not like as real as like they say, but I believe that there's something. So my premise, mm-hmm. I don't believe in ghosts. Until you came face to face. Until I came face to face. No, I don't believe in ghosts. Um, unless we're talking about. Oh God. Celebrities that never age. Mm. That always die in threes. Why is that? Mm. that Was the queen your next episode. a lizard person? Oh my oh. gosh. Have you ever seen her blink? Have you? No. Have you ever seen the queen blink? I don't pay attention to the queen. No offense. No I'm offense. Not yeah, I really I, don't either. I, I truly have I, no ill will against I, her. I, like, I'm, I'm sorry yeah, she's I, not yeah. here anymore, but I'm also not somebody who kept tabs on Queen Elizabeth. It's just a recent deceased person. I don't really care. Sorry. Yeah. I'm American in the West I'm Coast. American. and star <laughs> American. I didn't think about her very much. Her house was beautiful. I visited Windsor, once. Windsor, yeah, Windsor. We. Well, like... Well, I was the there British too. Rest people? in peace. I was there too. I don't wish her ill will. Well, so. did the British people get all like? Did the British people get really sad when like our president dies? Well, you have to remember That's that my question. No, probably no, not. But you don't. also have to remember that they it, are it, not common rulers. It didn't. I, I can understand why it meant a lot to the British people. Well, yeah, I, I so understand that. That I understand. Well, it's, it's, personally, it's, I was just like, "That's sad," but. But it, it I'm doesn't. making dinner and I got things to do. So, yeah. but whatever. Uh, cultural thing. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. I yeah. Get it. Um, yeah. I only brought her up because she's a recently deceased person. Uh, but I think ghosts. That's inconsiderate. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Here on the Wolf and Bull podcast, we're inconsiderate. I think ghosts are actually echoes from alternative dimensions. I think that is more logical because they're technically energy sources. And to believe that there is some sort of person in our dimension echoing around like, I'm lost. Where can I get on the train? To the-? No, I don't believe that. I think it's 100% us seeing into the alternative multiverse, which I think is more Interesting. plausible. Interesting. I don't believe in ghosts. 
Until you came face to face, face with, with one. one. I've yeah. been face to face with um, uh, what? What's it called? Zombie? No. Uh, Zampar- uh, vampire? The werewolf. The Bigfoot. Uh, no, lion, you guys are not even close. The pedophile. Stop. Uh, no. uh, murderer. <laughs> uh, Stop. Uh, a nightmare. Journalist. Nightmare. A nightmare? No, what's it called when you're oh, having a nightmare? Oh, paralysis demon. Oh, a sleep yes. demon. Yeah. Yes. And that was my brain. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not a ghost. Well, on that note, um, anything else to add to these this wonderful episode? Zach, please watch this. Oh I'm your number oh one fan. God. Simping. So much simping. No, I have nothing else to add. Okay. That was fun. Uh, cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that basically wraps it up. We've talked about some interesting things in this part one and part two series, mini series <laughs> in the nature of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be some special episodes come Christmas time. Uh, I am a Christmas guy per Christmas uh, guy. per the sloth. Uh, that's my term. I'm a Christmas guy. I mean, I called you that, but. Sure. Per both of you. I'm a Christmas guy. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to have some interesting episodes coming up um, in November and in December. But. Per usual, if you like what you heard, if you like what you saw, please consider finding us on Instagram. Find us on YouTube. Give us a quick little subscription. Leave a comment. Say whatever you want within the grounds of guidelines, I guess. I mean, it literally, could, could say, say that you want to see the sloth again. Okay, simping again. Simping. I'm not simping. simping. You're simping. I'm just tone the simping. The simp, tone, simp, tone the simp down. Simp, okay. tone down. So yeah. So if you like what you like what you saw, like what you see, five star review on all major listening platforms, a follow on Instagram, and a subscription on YouTube would be greatly appreciated. And thank you for guesting. Yes, of course. You're welcome for thank guesting you for for talking, commentating for talking about how corn human hybrids could potentially be cannibalistic. I think that would be an interesting episode. That then would. you should dress up as a corn stock. Then yes. that would be fun. I um, agree. But if there's nothing else to be added, which I don't think there is. Thank you again, Wolf and Bull family, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Wolf and Bull podcast with your host, the Wolf and Bull. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all of the latest from the Wolf and Bull, you can tune in via our weekly episodes available on nearly every major listening platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Wolf and Bull. You can follow us on YouTube at The Wolf and Bull Podcast and at our website, thewolfandbull.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.